Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Today, we are talking about social justice, social media, and how you use one to speak about the other. So unless you have been living under a rock for the past couple of months, here in America, we are dealing with our own pandemic, and I'm not talking about coronavirus. I'm talking about the persistent and continued violence against and murder of black bodies, black women, black men, and black children in America. And this does not only extend to police violence and police brutality. This is a consistent brutalization and devaluation of black lives. So when George Floyd was murdered and when Breonna Taylor was murdered, we saw all types of outrage. We saw Blackout Tuesday. Everyone was ready to post their squares. And then we saw again that outrage and even more heartache hearing about what happened to Elijah McClain because he's someone that many people could identify with. And that was a few weeks ago. And something that I've noticed over the past couple of weeks is slowly our memories have faded, which was my fear. But Americans, we have short memories. So that shouldn't have been my, as much as it was my fear, I also recognize that that is the reality of what was going to happen. And that the push for social justice and anti-racism was something that was going to slowly fall from people's memories, fall out of our social media feeds. And then earlier this week, we read about, we saw what happened to Jacob Blake, shot seven times in the back in front of his three children. He survived, but now he's paralyzed from the waist down. And again, we see the cycle of outrage continue. We see that cycle of outrage persist now. And I see people on social media talking about it again. But what will happen within three weeks? Will our memories start to fade? Will our memories, will we just go back to normal? Will our social media feeds go back to normal? And social media is a way in which so many of us share things that are of value to us, that are of importance to us. Whether we want to give it a lot of weight or not, social media is a way in which we communicate who we are as individuals, things that are of priority to us, things that are of importance to us, who we are as individuals is reflected in our social media. So it would make sense to gather that if someone is posting about something, it is important to them the same way if they're not posting about something, it is not important to them. So I encourage you, if you are noticing that your social media feed has gone back to quote normal, unquote, or the social media feeds of people around you, people who you follow have gone back to normal, disrupt that, change that narrative. And while I can sit here and comfortably say, because I am someone who's comfortable speaking and sharing how I feel on social media, I understand that there are so many reasons why people choose to remain silent on social media. There's the fear of ruffling feathers or how they'll look to their family and friends if they speak out. There is the fear of loss of income or opportunities. There is the fear of followers 
which is very real for some reason. And for if you are a content creator or someone who makes your money off of social media, you know that followers are basically currency at this point. So there is a very real fear that if I speak out and this causes me to lose followers, this could easily impact my wallet. This could easily impact my bank account and my ability to provide for myself and my family and pay my bills. There's this fear that you may say the wrong thing or you don't know what to say. And because of the cancel culture that we are living in, that is also a very real fear. And then you have those that don't speak out simply because they just don't care. And if you're in that latter latter category and you just don't care, then nothing I say after this point is going to impact you. So you can just go ahead and log out right now. I encourage you to listen to the end. But if you are one of those that just don't care and social justice and anti-racism and diversity and inclusion and equity and equality, if those are not things that are important to you, if they're not things that are of value to you, then nothing I say from this point on is going to impact you. And I hope that someday you have a change of heart. But if you are one of the individuals that don't post because of anything that I listed before the latter, then I'm here to talk to you and I'm here to address you today and give you tools to empower you to feel comfortable speaking out. So that first reason why people choose to remain silent or not post on social media is the fear of ruffling feathers and how you'll look to your family and friends. There are some of y'all that are walking around and you know you have ignorant, willfully ignorant family members. And you know you are going to have people in your circle that are going to come for you and just question you and tell you there's no such thing as white privilege. There's no such thing as police violence and brutality in America. All lives matter. Blue lives matter. You're going to be approached by people in your circle who may say those things. And the reality of the fact is they are steeped in willful ignorance and what they're saying is not true. At this point, we have statistical evidence of white privilege. At this point, we have statistical evidence of the fact that black people are murdered, targeted, and are the victims of violence disproportionately in comparison to our white counterparts at the hands of law enforcement. These things are fact. And the fact remains that you may know these things as fact, you as an individual, you may know it's factual, but you are afraid to ruffle feathers. You're afraid of how you're going to look to family and friends. And what I will say to you is that it is so uncomfortable sometimes being that voice of reason and it is so uncomfortable being becoming that black sheep. But there is so much power in being that voice of dissent and cracking that narrative, changing the narrative, starting to push people in the right direction every single time, correcting every single time, refusing to allow people to derail or play devil's advocate or change the conversation. There is so much power in that. And what you are fighting for is so much more important. It's so valuable in comparison to the feathers that you'll ruffle 
or maybe the people that will second guess you or maybe the people that may not want to hear what you have to say. It is always the right thing to do, to speak, to speak truth to power. So if you are afraid, if you are afraid to ruffle feathers, if you're afraid of how you're going to look to your family and friends, just know that you are the voice to reach them. See, what I tell a lot of my white friends is as a black woman, as a black person, I, the words that are coming out of my mouth, they may not reach certain white people, but as a white person speaking to your own family members, your own friends, they see you as a point of relatability that they don't see in me. And they may be more willing to listen to you than they would be willing to listen to me. So you have to act as that voice that can get through to them, that can get in the door because I may not be a voice that may even be able to slip a pinky toe in the door. So if you are afraid to speak, just recognize that what you are speaking about, what you are saying is factual and people can argue feelings, but they cannot argue facts. That's the first point. The second point, if you are choosing to stay silent because you fear a loss of income or you fear a loss of opportunities, not all money is good money. Not all opportunities are good opportunities. And I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about moving from scarcity mentality to abundance mentality. And I think a lot of the time, I know a lot of the time, I don't even think this, I know a lot of the time people are afraid to speak because they are afraid of retaliation. And sometimes this retaliation comes in the form of loss of income and the form of loss of opportunities. But like I said, not every opportunity is worth having. How would you feel if you sat there and you watched, you're coming into an environment that is steeped in racism, that is steeped in prejudice, that is steeped in discrimination, and will punish someone for speaking out about that. Is that an environment that you want to be in yourself? Is that a healthy environment? Is that an environment in which you will grow and feel protected? Because it's always funny to me that people in certain environments are comfortable staying silent when the people being persecuted and retaliated against don't look like them. But what do you think is going to happen when they push out and retaliate against everyone else? What happens then when they come for you? You have the power. We all have some level of power, whether we believe it or not, to change the environments we're in, to change the structure we're in. And it starts sometimes with just being the one to speak up and say, this is not okay, or this is wrong. Or maybe instead of doing this, let's try this. And it could be a myriad of things. It doesn't even have to be a matter of social justice. It could be a matter of inclusivity. It could be a matter of speaking up for that teammate that was incorrectly shut down or retaliated against for bringing something to light that was truly wrong and truly not okay. From shifting from that scarcity mentality, thinking about what you will lose, shifting to that abundance mentality of thinking about what you have to gain. And there are so many situations and so many environments in which it would have been easy 
a lot easier for me to just remain silent and not say anything at all and stay small and not have to deal with levels of retaliation. But I always grew up being told, I grew up being told always that what is for you shall not pass you. So when I am ultimately on the receiving end of that loss of income and loss of opportunities, it sucks and it hurts. But at the same time, I recognize that if that opportunity for me, if if that opportunity was out there for me, if that place was there for me, then it would have been there. So the fact that I was, I removed myself from certain environments or was asked to leave certain environments, that was not something that was for me. That income, that opportunity that I was denied or walked away from because of wrongdoing going on. That was not for me. Shifting from that scarcity mentality to that abundance mentality will give you the courage to speak and not be afraid of what you're going to lose out on because you know that doing the right thing is so much more valuable than whatever it is that you would have lost. Then there's a third and very real thing, especially if you make your income off of social media the fear of losing followers. Followers, like I said earlier, they are currency. Like it or love it, there are so many influencers out there, so many content creators out there that are able to make their entire incomes, provide for their families, provide for their children, buy homes, buy beautiful cars, take beautiful trips. They are able to do this off of social media because they built or bought a very large following and that very large following is how they make their money and the larger of a platform you have the more you stand to lose by possibly speaking out and there are so many so many large influencers that have these huge platforms that don't say anything at all don't use their platforms to speak about social justice to speak about anti-racism, to speak about prejudice. And maybe they're not speaking because they don't have the language. They don't feel like it's their lane. They don't feel like it's their priority. Whatever reason, I don't know some of these people individually, but for the ones of them that have thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, what could possibly be stopping them from saying something? And for some of them, it's that they are afraid. They are genuinely afraid that they will lose followers. And it's happening. I've seen a lot of content creators. I've seen a lot of influencers who have spoken out. And you can drop down to their comment sections and you'll see just comment after comment. I'm unfollowing. I didn't follow you for this. I followed you for clothes or fashions or cars or baking the best cookies or showing me the most popping outfits or whatever their platform is niche. Their niche platform is the main reason for them being on Instagram, whatever their main appeal is for people. People just don't want, they don't want these personalities. They don't want these influencers. They don't want these content creators to talk about these things. And they're very upset when it happens. So it's a very realistic reality. But just like I've said a million times, I feel I feel like I'm starting to sound like a broken record. <laughs> As I've said this, these people that you're losing, 
These people that say that they're unfollowing you, think about this for a second. They're unfollowing you because you're talking about real life things that have real life impact for people everywhere. Because it's not just racism and anti-blackness that's an American phenomenon. Anti-blackness and racism is global. It has huge ramifications and effects for people of color, for black people. And you are someone who is using your platform to bring attention to this, to try and better the world, try to better outcomes for these people that are dealing with racism, that are dealing with violence, that are dealing with their skin color being thought of as less than. And somebody wants to unfollow you for that? You should be proud of that. You should be proud of the fact that you are getting rid of people in your circle that want to stay steeped in that belief, that don't want to talk about that, that don't want to hear about that, that want to continue to keep their heads buried in the sand because it doesn't impact them. You should absolutely want to lose those followers because some people look at the quantity instead of looking at the quality the quality of their followers. And this is something that that is so important because I think that we need to get away from seeing someone with a million followers or hundreds of thousands of followers and think that this is someone that's aspirational because they're an influencer, but are they influential? Are they inspiring? Do you aspire to be them and why? Why do you follow them? And I encourage you right now to look at the influencers that you follow and just look at the people you follow in general. And if there are people you respect, why aren't they talking about these things? And why don't you care that if they're not talking about these things? Because that's something that I look towards and it's something that's very important to me and very valuable to me as someone who could be called a content creator, as someone that could be regarded as an influencer. I think about how what I say and what I share, the impact, the influence that it may have on others. So if you as an, are an influencer, if you are someone who is a content creator, you should be thinking about the content, the influence and the impact that your words, your thoughts, what you're putting out into the atmosphere, who it's affecting and who it's impacting. And I would say that this is not something that only influencers and content creators should be thinking about. You as an individual, period, regardless of how big or small your platform is, should be thinking about that because we all have the power to influence and impact change around us in our spaces. And that's why it is so important. It is so valuable for all of us to speak up, all of us to say something in the face of wrongdoing, all of us to work towards creating a more anti-racist society because we all have impact and we don't have to have 100,000, a million, 3 million, 100 million followers to feel the impact of our words. So if you are afraid that you are going to lose followers, I don't know what to tell you other than these are not people that should be 
you should want following you anyway, that you should want to keep in your space, that you should want to keep in your circle. So the fourth reason why a lot of people, some people, I don't want to say a lot of people because I can't speak to everyone who speaks, who chooses to stay silent. This is just some common themes that when I talk to people or when I hear or when I read, people are afraid to use their social media or people have shared with me personally that they don't use their social media to talk about social justice is because they're afraid that they may say the wrong thing or they just don't know how to phrase what they want to say. And not everyone is well-spoken. Not everyone's going to be linguistically elegant like Martin Luther King Jr. He was a brilliant speaker. There are so many brilliant speakers out here. And not everyone, that is not everyone's strength. That is not a tool in everyone's toolkit. So some people may genuinely be afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing or they just don't know what to say at all or they don't have the proper language or they don't get the definitions right or they use the wrong phrase. And I'm here to tell you that people who are committed to picking apart what you say, it doesn't matter how you say whatever it is you're going to say. If they don't agree with your message, they are going to find a way to pick it apart because there are people who are steeped. And their entire goal is to purposefully misunderstand you, mishear you, and completely derail what you have to say. And there are people, that is their intent. So it doesn't matter how well-spoken it is what you're going to say. If they don't agree with it, they're not going to hear you. So... I want, if that is your fear, if you're one of those people that's are like, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't want, I don't know what to post, so I just repost and I reshare people's stuff because I don't know what to say myself, get away from that. Just speak because I genuinely believe that the heart of most people is good and we may not all have the language and the words and know how to say the right thing, but we generally know when someone's speaking from a place of good and when they care. And if you are someone who is committed to anti-racism, people that are on your side, they're going to rock with you. And they're going to, if they see that maybe you're saying the wrong thing, instead of calling you out, they're going to call you in. And they're going to be like, you know, maybe I wouldn't have said it, but I understand where you're trying to go. And this is what maybe you should have said instead, instead of ripping you apart. And this is a sister or a cousin, I'd say, of this fear that people have is also in line with cancel culture. And I'm still on the fence about cancel culture. I don't really know if I buy into that. And I think that I don't really buy into that because I've seen cancel culture mostly work against women and people of color. Chrisette Michelle will always come to mind for me. Because I don't understand how she was canceled. I don't know if you guys remember this. If you don't remember it, basically when Y'all's president, the current president now, um, when he was elected, she chose to sing at one of his inauguration events and people canceled her. And if you have never heard of Chrisette Michelle, that's probably why. So she was swiftly canceled. But you have all of these other problematic people out there who are still making lucrative, have lucrative careers, are still seen as pillars of society are still receiving awards, recognition, accolades, still making money, still making art, still receiving praise and continual jobs for it. So I am really on the fence of cancel culture 
And I also think Doja Cat, again, comes to mind, a woman and a person of color. So I'm really on the fence about cancel culture, but I also recognize that that is this fear of being lashed out at and attacked if we say the wrong thing. I understand that that fear is very real, but like I said, I would encourage you to not let that be a reason why you choose to stay silent. So then we come to the last point. There are people who don't speak because they just don't care. And those people, years ago, (laughs) months ago maybe at this point, they would have really frustrated me But I recognize that those are people that are committed to keeping the system the way it is now, to upholding everything the way that it is now. They would lose out if things changed for the better. If we truly became an anti-racist society, their lives would absolutely be miserable. There are people who are invested for their own personal reasons in keeping things the way they are now. And I really have nothing for those people. And I imagine they're still not with me anyway (laughs) at this point in the conversation. So if any of those reasons are reasons why you have chosen to stay silent on social media as it pertains to social justice, I really hope that you do a deep dive within yourself, a pull just a reflection within ourselves because we look to, for better or for worse, like it or love it, social media has become a way of us expressing ourselves and identifying who we are as people and putting it out to others who we are. And I think that I've gotten this conversation, as I talk about this, there are those who'll be like, well, I just use my media, social media, to post photos of my dog. And I don't understand why I can't just have my social media be that. I don't understand why I have to be a social media crusader for justice and a social justice warrior. I don't understand why I can't just share pictures of my cat. And if you want to share pictures of your cat, that is just fine. I will probably be there liking pictures of your cat because I like photos of cats and I like photos of dogs and I like photos of your small kids and all of your cute things. But I also recognize that there's room for both. And I understand that for some, it may be jarring to go from a post of look at the pretty necklace I got to call this number now for justice for X, Y, and Z. I understand that for some people, you want to tailor your social media to one way or the other, but there is room for both and there's a way to do it. So if any of those reasons are causing you to speak out, I encourage you to find the courage and to find the strength to speak out, to say something, because to say something, because if it's something that is important to you, we make time, we make room, we make space for the things that are of value to us and for the things that are important to us. And if anti-racism is truly something that is important to you, if it's truly something that's of value to you and meaningful for you, then you will find the time, you will find the space to speak out about it. Yes, on social media. So that's all I got for you today. If you are someone that's afraid to speak out, and it's a different reason that I didn't list. 
I would love to know why you are afraid to use your social media to stretch your voice and put your voice into the atmosphere and use your voice for better. I really would like to know why. So if you are on Anchor FM, you can drop me a voice note there or you can shoot me a message on Instagram at Sasha Spins and we'll chat about it. And until next time, everyone, peace out.